Okay, folks, we, we, we are here. Um, Andrew, I just asked, I thought it might be good, because we, we, we will be, the, all of us t- together this morning, we'll have come from slightly different parts of cathedral life. Some of us will be from a morning congregation or an evening one or traditional or contemporary. We won't all know each other and we won't all know the panel. So I thought I'd just ask Andrew just to quickly introduce who people are, just that if you've not seen any of these faces before, you, you can know who they are. Okay, uh, my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm uh, one of the pastors who works here, uh, and I move around different different congregations. Um, uh, this is Aisha. Aisha comes to Smack One uh, congregation, uh, and uh, she co-leads a growth group with her husband uh, Jim. Uh, anything else? Should, anything else I should say to you about anything else I should say about you? I'm, I'm the other half of Jim and Aisha. She's the other half of Jim and Aisha. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and this is Anne. Uh, Anne is uh, in our one of our liturgical services, usually the Evensong service, um, and uh, uh, she's involved in uh, the women's Bible study groups, uh, both in the morning and the evening, uh, and also um, uh, uh, leads our counselling uh, at uh, at St Mary's. Excellent. We we thought it'd be good to have some people who are involved in different parts of. Uh, cathedral life and, and ministry, people have got different experiences to, to, to bring. Anyone want to kind of ask any questions, start things off for us? Jim. Could everyone hear, everyone hear the question? So sometimes you might meet someone and it becomes apparent that they need help. And yet the moment you start to talk about trying to provide help, the kind of barriers come up and, and they, they're suddenly resistant to that. How, how do we then try to help them? Anyone want to start us off on that? On the panel? I think there's a lot of reasons why people might have those barriers. Um, it, it could be the relationships that they've had in the past in church. Um, you know, they've, they've, the trust has been broken for whatever reason. Um, I think not to push it is a good idea. Um, I think because Jesus is involved in all of this, we can pray for that person. And I think what we have found is that when we persist and continue to just do the loving things, you know, they, they come to your house, you, you're hospitable, you do the little things for them that we do for each other in church, um, and wait it out. Uh, I'm sure when the, the time is right, they, they will reach out to you. And you might be that person because you've kind of shown your care all along. Everyone is different. Obviously, if, if some people have been hurt in the past, it will make them nervous of trusting people deeply. It'll be hard for them to do that. And that can be one of the reasons, not always the case, but it can be one of the reasons why some people are, are reluctant to receive help is because they're nervous at the moment they start opening up and letting someone else into their affairs and into their life, they're going to get burnt again. And so when, when if, if that is the case with some people, it, it, it takes time to build up trust. So I think them knowing that you, 
you're there to help any time they want, and just over time demonstrating that you're a, a kind of faithful person, that you, you're not a threat, you, you, you're discreet with what you say and all the rest of it. Hopefully over time, and it may be months, they will begin to seek the help that you, you are so keen to, to give. And in the context of community, if there are a number of people who are doing that, uh, then they will also work out who are the people, who is, who is one of these people that I, can, that I feel comfortable uh, in talking to. Uh, and then they can, they can make that move, yeah. Great, thank you for that. Um, other, next question, yeah. Sorry? I'm sorry, I can't hear. I'm, I'm... The word friend is very new to him. In oh, sorry. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Do people hear that in the far flung corners of the hall? Yep. I don't know what that means. Can I repeat the question? Um, okay. So fr- friendship is a, it's perhaps a new category for some of us to think about in a, in a kind of Christian context. Um, what's the you know, how does that play out in terms of friends who are Christians or non-Christians? Is, is family the same thing as friendship? Is that right? Um, so thank you, thank you for, for, for raising that. That um, needs, to be, needs to be clarified. So Proverbs is saying, well, we've seen what Proverbs says friendship is. Um, there's a sense in which there's overlap between that and family. But the key difference is that um, your friends have chosen to have that kind of relationship with you, whereas your family just do. It's not that they don't mean it or don't care from the heart, but... The biological bond m- means that they, you know, that that creates a certain kind of sense of obligation, a certain sense of love, and all the rest of it. What's different about friendship is that it's entirely voluntary. So you are volunteering to have that kind of deep connection with someone. Now, you you would hope that actually family members are friends as well, but that is not inevitable. Not every family member becomes that kind of friend, and not every friend needs to be part of your biological family. And that's, that's why sometimes friendship operates in a way that can be quite different, say, to family relationships. Um, but Proverbs says we need friendship, real Proverbs-type friendship in life. And one thing I should have said earlier is that is a case whether we are married or single. Sometimes in Christian circles we can think, well, friendship is... We need to have some teaching on friendship because there are a lot of single people at church. But actually, Proverbs says all of us need friendship, and that, that is the case for people who are married as well. And I hope marriage is, one, is, is the deepest kind of friendship that we experience, but that doesn't mean once you're married you don't need other friends. You still do. Uh, if you think all your friendship needs are thoroughly and exhaustively met by your spouse, actually you may be putting a pressure on them they're not, they're not meant to bear. All of us need that kind of friendship. So the question was whether, we, whether that's the case with Christians and non-Christians. Um, 
I think we, we want to try to balance a number of things at once, and I'd, I'd love to hear what others think on this too. We want to balance the fact that Proverbs shows us that we are shaped by the people that we're friends with. And so if we spend all of our time with people who are, are not Christians, who are pursuing lifestyles that uh, would be wrong for us, if they're the people we're relating to most deeply, that will affect us. If all of our kind of, that's where the, the locus of our friendship lies. But we do want to be friends to non-Christians because we, we trust that we can be an influence on them as well. So I think for us it means that we do need close Christian friends, people whose counsel we know will be uh, godly and prayed about and, and all the rest of it. But we don't want to be only those who have Christian friends. So I think there's a, there's a sort of need for, for some balance. But, but I might say that those we are closest to should probably be Christians. But that's, that's a judgment call. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Uh, hi. Um, basically, I find that, you know, you get so much comfort when you come to church and you meet your Christian friends, you see, and it's so easy to live in a comfort zone. But you need to make friends of people who are not believers because that's the only way you'll be able to spread the gospel. Uh, you could be a role model, you see. They look at you, they look at your lifestyle, they look at your relationship, and they'll want to uh, emulate that. That's how I have found in Malaysia. We don't have family. You are all blessed because you all got family here. Well, most of you do. I don't, you see. And so my first uh, link to friends were with, with the church. The church became my family. And it would have been so easy for me to settle into that wonderful, warm, fuzzy uh, you know, environment, but I had to go out and make friends with people who are not Christians because uh, it was very clearly uh, instructed in the Bible that we have to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So uh, I would encourage you very much to inv- invite people into your growth group and to the church, and that way you'll make lots and lots of friends. Um, I was just thinking about what, uh, what, what Sam was saying about the characteristics of friendship and companionship and the differences between those two things. Um, uh, and I think for me, it becomes a continuum. Uh, and so you've got uh, the real deep friendships of Proverbs that, that, that you're talking about in terms of friendship uh, on a continuum all the, way with, all the way to the other side where there's what you were talking about in terms of uh, of companionship and people share similar interests and have got similar, you know. Uh, and so, uh, and I do find that um, I'm, I move in and out of people, up and down in, 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 in people's relationship and people will do that same thing in, in, in mine. Um, and so, uh, I think, yes, it's, uh, when it comes to that question of being friends with, uh, with people who are not believers, I think, yes, we've got to be, they've got to be in that continuum. Uh, but I think also uh, Sam's advice is, is, is good when it comes to the people who are the really closest, when it's soul-to-soul kind of stuff, um, uh, you want to make sure that your influences on, on, the, on the inside are, are as close as are going to be godly ones. It doesn't mean you don't be good friends with non-believers. Uh, uh, we do want to be that, uh, but we've got to make sure that the... That the uh, 
that we're not going to be led in the wrong direction. Uh, uh, and so, our, yeah, and how, how we, how, how the, the center friendships uh, and the center, the, the, the deepest ones, um, uh, I would say would, we would try to predominate our, our Christian brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, yeah. But not to, not to exclude others in, in that. Yeah. Thank you. Just to repeat the question, so, you know, well, we're just constantly confronted with needs. It might be that the stranger we walk past, you know, out one day um, who who has severe needs, might be someone who we're related to who has has big needs. Um, How do we, where do we start? What are our obligations in all these different ways? Um, Anyone want to kick us off? Anne. I think it's a tough one uh, because there are so many needs and I think for us as Christians we are very conscious of what we are called to do and who we are called to be and I think it can be overwhelming at times. Um, I like to think that we were put in our families for a reason, like there's a, a biological responsibility And I think it would look really strange if we were going out and helping a whole bunch of other people and our families were in need of us and we were not available to them. So I think that that's important. Uh, In terms of the people that we come across, they are in all shapes and sizes with different types of needs. And I think sometimes wisdom is called for, and I know it's a very general answer, but... Uh, and I think we have friends whom we can um, I think the good thing about having uh, being part of a Christian community is we have friends who share our same values uh, who read the same scriptures and uh, you know I think we can talk to them about ask for guidance about this particular situation should we do it Um, should we help is this a scam I mean let's face it that happens too. So I think wisdom is called for and we have the benefit of the body too. We have the scriptures as well as our friends who help us to understand how the scriptures can be applied in a particular situation. So that's what I have to say about that. I I think the Bible talks in terms of us having different kinds of obligations to different kinds of people. So we're, we're told... In Galatians, as, as Christians, that we're to do good to all people. So there's a sense in which anyone who's a human being is, is worthy of our care and service at one level. Um, the same verse says, then goes on to say, do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the household of the faith. So we have a, a deeper obligation to, to be serving the needs of our own immediate Christian church family. Um, so that doesn't exclude meeting the needs of of people outside but it does mean we have a particular duty to one another within the same Christian uh, community and the Bible talks about particular responsibilities we have uh, to families as well so Paul rebukes people who would not care for their elderly parents and says you're being worse than a pagan so you have a duty of care to your own kin that you don't have for someone who's a stranger but that doesn't mean you have no duty to care for the stranger. We have different 
levels of, of obligation. And actually, this is to be worked out not just in our own individual lives, but in our church community life as well. How do we try to make sure that we're meeting one another's needs as a church family, but also how do we work out as a church family how we can serve and bless the community around us and, and be trying to help some of the acute needs that are in our, our very proximity as a, as a church. But our duties to our families are not the same as our duties to strangers, but that certainly doesn't mean we're then indifferent to the needs of the stranger. We're, we're to do good to the stranger, but the trouble is we can't do good to every single stranger. But um, So we, we just have to pray for, for wisdom and, and think, well, what, what particular opportunities might I have to serve some who are strangers? But again, Bible has, I mean, the word hospitality literally means loving the stranger. It's not having your, your mates around uh, regularly. Actually, it's about having strangers in as well. So we can't just restrict ourselves to only serving and helping those who we are close to. We, we do need to be going out of the comfort zone as well. Yeah. Thank you. So the question, the question was, how do we, you know, in terms of opening ourselves up to others, how do we, how do we know how much to do that with different types of people and, and, and that kind of thing? Um, that, that, that will vary from person to person. Some of us, you know, we're all, we've all got very different personalities. So some people are just naturally open with everyone, you know, that we talk about their heart is on their sleeve and they're just, you know, anyone who's nearby, they'll happily <laughs> be very open to others of us that are just not built like that and we, we tend to be a bit more private. Um, but the, the point, though, is how can we be the Proverbs kind of friend to others and it will look different from person to person because we're wired up a bit differently. But we are still, nevertheless, um, trying to relate to people at that deeper level. Some people will, will do that more effectively with a very small number. Other people have a bit more capacity and can do that with a wider number. Um, Jesus obviously had 12 disciples. Within that, he had a circle of, of three that he spent more time with. And we know that he... John is known as the disciple Jesus loved. So again, there were, were different levels perhaps of closeness even within his own circle of, of companions. But it, it might work out differently for each, each one of us. Uh, one of the things that we discussed in our small group, which I thought was quite helpful, uh, was the idea that um, uh, in, a, in the Christian community, uh, the principle of this uh, the principle that we can see here in these Proverbs friendships is, is, is the same principle in terms of we, we, we have to love each other. Uh, but just the question is the intensity uh, of how, how these work. Uh, and so uh, it, obviously we can't do it with the same intensity with everyone, uh, but the basic, the basic principle uh, is, is, uh, is there. And it's just a question. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I just want to address uh, what you said about boundaries. And I think, um, and also perhaps, Natalie, your question. It's like you'd rather be on a beach reading a book. Um, I think perhaps the, the, the time when you start examining what's going on is when you start feeling a lot of resentment and a lot of burden inside you. 
So that might be a time when you might want to talk to somebody and and see whether you're doing too much or what's going on with you. You know, process it with with somebody else and pray about the resentment that's building up because that's probably a sign that you might be doing too much. Uh, your boundaries are being seriously um, stressed. Yeah. Speaking of boundaries, I'm, I'm aware time is is running out. So we'll make that question over at the, the, the back there, the last one for now. Sorry, can you repeat the question? So by platonic friendships, you mean between guy-girl friendships? Okay, thank you. Blowing the question even wider. Um, <laughs> so, thinking, let's think firstly about friendship between men and women, and to what extent are, is it good to have platonic friendships like that, whether we're single or married? Um, I'm going to ask Andrew to kick us off on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people say there's no such thing as platonic. Uh, relationships. Well, I don't agree. Uh, I really don't agree with that. Um, I think I think there is. Um, um, I think uh, friendships between uh, between men and women uh, uh, outside of marriage. Uh, I think that is a good thing. Uh, I think that is part of uh, uh, as part of life in the in the community uh, that that is God has given. Uh, what we do want to do is say that marriage is one step above that, that is even more important than that. Um, in the sense of your relationship with your spouse has to come first over your relationship with your other friends. Okay? Uh, so if you are a married person, your first priority is your relationship with your spouse. Uh, um, uh, if you're not a married person, then you don't have to worry about that. Uh, uh, but if you're married, the relationship with spouse comes first, and that includes developing and working on that friendship with the spouse. Um, and so that your friendship with your spouse is the strongest friendship you have with a person of the opposite sex. You never want to build a friendship with someone of the opposite gender that is a deeper one than the one you have with your spouse. You're asking for trouble uh, if you do that. All right? Second thing uh, you want to do is always make sure that your spouse is in on this relationship, on this friendship. That is, if your spouse is uncomfortable, then don't. Uh, because your priority is your marriage. Right? And you don't want to do it in such a way that even though you're doing nothing wrong, your spouse feels like you're doing something wrong. Uh, and your spouse feels left out, and that's going to wreck your marriage. Right? So you don't want to be doing that. Uh, so do it. So Now, all of us are going to have different spouses uh, and different levels of comfort. Well, we hope so, <laughs> wouldn't you? It's not the Mormon church. <laughs> um, and we have different levels of comfort. Uh, and different, so you, what you want to be keep on doing is keep on sharing with your spouse, keep on titrating it uh, with your spouse. Uh, and so, if your spouse is with you in this, then and 
then there's no issues. Of course, you also need to be thinking about the other person's past uh, and making sure that that's, that, that that's something there as well. Uh, ideally, your spouse would be as good a friend with the other person as you are. Uh, that would be really good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, but whatever the case is, I think number one is your friendship with your spouse, uh, and number two, uh, your openness with your spouse uh, about that, about whatever other friendships uh, that you that you develop. Uh, for those of us who are single, it is good to have friendships with both genders. We're, we're designed to, to kind of live in that kind of, you know, have, have input from men and women into our life and that kind of thing. But again, we, we, we want to be careful that we're not, um, we're not doing that in a way that is inappropriate or that is misunderstandable. So I think it is, it is good to have, in my case as a single man, it's good to have, it's good for me to know that there are women I know well and who know me well. I, I value their perspective and advice as I value the perspective and advice of my, of my male friends. And the best way that has turned out to happen is that there are, there are quite a few couples I know very well. So I get, I get both friendships from the same, from the same couple. And that, that's, that's great. So I get both, both male and female perspective and friendship from being close to various couples. Um, when, when it comes to developing friendships with particular other single people of the opposite sex... Again, we want to be careful that we're not, um, you know, if, if, there's a, if it's looking like there's a depth of friendship that's emerging that could be on the continuum heading towards marriage, we just want to make sure we're not causing misunderstanding or confusion, implying things that are not the case. So we shouldn't be, I think men need to be careful not to overshare with women thinking, this is great, this is someone who's listening, is happy to listen to me rabbit on for you know, hours and hours about my, my heart and soul, because that could be understood by the woman as being, this is someone who really wants to share their life with me. So we need to kind of be careful about how certain things are said and heard. And uh, if, so, say for me, as a, as, a single, as a single man, I don't think there will ever be um, I've got to be careful with this. Most, of, yeah, I'd, I would never. It wouldn't be healthy if there was a woman uh, that I was. I felt that was the person I most shared everything with before any other friends, because that would that would be the kind of friendship that should be heading into marriage, if that makes sense. So if you're if you're in a in an intentional relationship where you are exploring the possibility of marriage, that kind of friendship will hopefully develop over time. But in a friendship where you are just friends, it's not healthy if that just friend becomes the person you feel that you can share far more with than with your same gender friends, if that makes sense. Otherwise, that's where I think you're getting... Things are becoming asymmetrical. Does that make sense? Um, friends, we, it is ten to one. We, we should finish there. Um, I might ask Andrew to close in prayer. For us. I will close in prayer and then we'll have some announcements.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for creating us as relational beings. And we thank you for the friendships uh, that, uh, uh, that you have made possible and the friendships that you give us uh, with each other uh, and with other people. And Father, we, uh, we've seen today uh, various things about friendships and, um, and we've also seen the way we, we, we fall short in various ways. Uh, we ask you to forgive us we ask you to help us to be good friends um, uh, to those whom, wh- whom are our friends. We thank you most of all for the Lord Jesus. Uh, and we thank you for uh, the friendship that we have with him. And we thank you that he has loved us so much that he's given his life for us. Thank you that he's uh, shared with us. Um, and we thank you that um, uh, he has promised never to leave us or forsake us. And we pray that you help us to be uh, prioritizing uh, the development of our, of our friendship with him uh, and that we might always look to him and cast our cares on him uh, because we know that he cares for us. We pray that you help us as your people uh, to be loving each other, uh, to be caring for each other, to be building friendships with each other uh, and with those outside as well. So we thank you for this time together. Thank you for Sam. And thank you for all those who have um, uh, worked hard to uh, uh, set up this seminar for us. And we thank you for the discussions that we've had with each other uh, that each person here has brought. Uh, and we ask that uh, you continue to help us uh, to live and to, and to work out our relationships uh, in light of your scriptures and in light of the Lord Jesus, uh, our primary relationship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.